1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. This is where Samuel sets up a monument or a milestone to celebrate the victory God had given them to that point, to the people of Israel. This is what the text says. Samuel took a stone and placed it between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, up to here, the Lord has helped us. That's the real translation. You know, the hitherto is the old English. But it means up to here, up to this point, up to this place, God has helped us. You see, the stone actually marked two time periods, in a sense. One looking back and one looking forward. They had just achieved victory. They wanted victory in the future as well. But the victory that they were enjoying at this time when the stone was set up was the victory that came about because they had repented of their sin and they turned back to God. They began to wholly follow God and as a result, God gave them victory and they went and they routed the Philistines up to this point. And so looking back, from their present point of reference, they celebrated victory. They laid this stone and they said, Ebenezer, up to this point, God has helped us. They realized it was not because of what they did, but it was because of what God did. And we must recognize that as well. Even as we honor these faithful saints through the years, we must always remember it is to God to whom the glory must go, not man. And God will never share his glory with anyone. But today, praise God, we do the same thing here. We say, Ebenezer, we look back to the first milestoneers who laid the foundation for this work 45 years ago. And we cannot, of course, look back without looking at Pastor and Mrs. Erlish. That's the couple upon whom God placed his good hand. Pastor Earl and Sister Violet Weish to begin this ministry here. They laid the first stone, as it were, in our spiritual pilgrimage as a local assembly of believers. He is now at home in the presence of his commander-in-chief. Sister Violet, praise the Lord, is still with us by his sovereign and gracious will. She's not here he said, I don't think she was, I was looking for her. She isn't here today. But she's still with us, and we praise God for that. She is still with us. She is a widow. Do not forget this first milestone. It's the violet reach. Of course, they, along with others, are what I have come to call the founding fathers of Calvary Bible Church. The charter milestones is what I have called them. Here are some others who joined them. And look at these names very carefully. These names include Jaziel Thompson, Frankie Pinder, going a little faster than I wanted, Reed Roberts, Danzabri Hudson, Carl Marie, Philip Pinder, and many others, of course. These are just representatives of those who were first there. Not here at this site, but there on Frankie Pinder's Simonizing property. 
this building, this ministry first started as far as its physical aspects were concerned. I call them the founding fathers because as I understand our history, they under the direction and enablement of God were the ones who laid the foundation for Calvary Bible Church. They laid the first milestone in the spiritual pilgrimage that has brought us where we are today. Others have built upon that foundation, even as others continue to do so today up to this point. But these men and their wives, of course, sometimes we tend to forget the wives. But without those ladies working behind the scenes, as it were, these men would be nothing. They would not have been able to do the powerful work that they did. So both men and women, they laid the foundation of what we are privileged to enjoy and be blessed by today. And so we say to God be the glory. Great things he has done. Amen. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. And seeing that we are also celebrating the home going of one of these milestones this week. I ask you again to stand with me and thank God that he too has now reported to his commander in chief Ladies and gentlemen, I speak of our beloved brother, Dansbury Hudson. Please stand as we recognize him and acknowledge his homegoing as well. Thank you very much. His homegoing service will be held here at 2 o'clock on Wednesday. We want to see you here. He was one of the ones who has laid the foundation that caused us to be blessed the way we've been blessed today. Amen? Brother David is here, and we're going to ask Pastor Aubrey now to come. And this presentation that was to be given him, by the way, this brochure was uh, in the process of being made up, just finished when God called him home. So God knows how to work things out. Is Pastor Albury here? Yeah, Pastor Albury, would you come? And then David is here, and he will represent the family and receive this special um, gift. Should be here. Then, then, do you have it? Brother Dansbury Hudson, along with his dear wife, Valerie, of almost 47 years, has served faithfully at our church since its inception, and in fact was one of the many of the faithful who actually helped in the construction of the church. Church. He served to our church community. His service to our church community has been invaluable. And I know from being associated with Brother Dansbury for many years, one of his favorite trips was Abaco, Marshabo. Uh, he always had a desire that if the Lord allowed, at some point in some time, he would move over there. That never occurred but he never lost his desire. And he not only ministered in churches in the Abacos, but also in many of the family islands and a number of churches here locally in Nassau. Whenever he was called upon to minister the word of God, Brother Dansbury was always available. He was always there. And it was my privilege, along with Brother Roland Bryan, who's away at the time, since Brother Dansbury has been ill and at home, to visit him on several occasions and to share with him. And it was a privilege of, of ours and a blessing to us to be able to visit this dear man of God. And as we honor him today, 
and also his dear wife, Valerie, for faithful and dedicated service to Calvary Bible Church. I'm going to ask his brother, Brother David, if he'd come in this time and receive these gifts, please. I thank God for Brother Dan. He was quite a fellow. You know, that picture there is one of the few pictures I see him smiling. Uh, that's true. I remember no matter what you did, you couldn't get his man to smile, you know. But he was a faithful man. He has done so much for the ministry here. Don't forget, Sansbury Hudson. He is a major milestone. You need to remember that. So hitherto then, up to this point, has the Lord helped us. 1962 to 2007. Up to here, God has helped us. This is what we celebrate today and this week. God's faithfulness toward the ministry for the past 45 years. Toward his ministry for the past 45 years. We thank God for those whom he used to accomplish his will. But remember, it is he not them, to whom the glory must go. Our thanks and gratitude go to them for being willing to be used of God. But it's to God to whom the glory is due. Amen? So we're here to glorify God. And I say again, remember in all of our celebration, God shares his glory with no one. So we are thankful for all who've had a part in this ministry to this point. But we glorify God, not them, although we are thankful for them. There are many more milestones, some we have recognized today, many in the past as well. They've all helped to set many milestones. As we looked at some of the picture of the founding, the foundation laying of this building here, I think there's only two, maybe three. The individuals still with us. The Lord has called them home. Today we have Frankie Pinder here. He was one of them. And we thank God for him as well. He was recognized in the 35th anniversary. But we still continue to thank God for Brother Frankie Pinder. Because he still continues to labor here. But, of course, many more have not been recognized, and unfortunately, probably will not, at least not by us. But you can be sure of one thing, beloved. God will not forget them. He will reward them personally because he always honors those that honor him. Brother Dansbury Hudson right now is realizing what this truth means. Because of the way that he honored God, God is now honoring him. So today we say again, we thank God for those whom he has used to bring us to this point in our history. But the glory go to God alone. And we want to remind you, that's the ultimate purpose for our ministry. To glorify God. You have it on your bulletins every Lord's Day. You have it here. We'll go through just quickly there. That's, I'll just flip through it. The purpose for all of the ministry is to glorify God, not to bring any kind of glory to man. 
You must not forget that. We thank God for the way in which he uses individuals. But in the final analysis, all we do must be for the glory of God or else it's all for naught. And so if you're involved in serving here at Calvary Bible Church, remember that. If you're serving for your own prestige, you're only serving for your own honor, or one day to get a clock and some flowers, it's useless. Stay home. We're to be serving for the glory of God alone, not ourselves or for man. That's the purpose, the existence of Calvary Bible Church. Today, I also celebrate 15 years of ministry amongst you. And I want to thank and praise God for where we are today. I've been with you one-third of your spiritual pilgrimage for 15 years. And I want to thank God and praise God for where we are today, right here up to this point. Now, next Lord's Day, in His will, we look beyond this point. But today, I want us to stay now, because we're setting up this milestone, this Ebenezer. Hitherto, 45 years, God has helped us. And I want to ask the Apostle Paul to help us to thank God for you as members of this body, for where you are today, where these milestones have helped to bring us today. So I want you to take your Bibles very quickly. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Begin at verse 3. Paul says, We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. This is a wonderful statement here. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul expresses a special note of praise and thanksgiving to God for these Colossian believers. Even as I do today at this point in our history, I thank God for you as members of the incredible body of Christ here at Calvary Bible Church. Notice, and I want to emphasize this, he thanks God for them. doesn't thank himself or even, although he praises Paphras later for the ministry, but he thanks God for these believers and for where they are in this spiritual life. And I say again, it is to God that we must always give all the glory for whatever eternal good is accomplished in our midst. That's the purpose, I repeat, for the existence of this body of believers, to glorify the true, the triune God. Not man, not woman. No matter how God uses any of you, any of us, to bless his people, it's to him and to him alone that the glory must be ascribed. You said, you've already said that before, yes? And I will say it again, because we must not forget it. All the glory must go to God. And so today I say up to this point, I thank God for each and every one of you. And you can be assured that we're always praying for you as members of the body of Christ. Why do I thank God for you? Always. For the same reason, Paul thanked God 
the Colossian believers. And that was for the state or the condition of their spiritual life. And today I thank God for the condition or the state of your spiritual life. Up to this point, I thank God for your spiritual life and growth as a church. Notice what he says in verse 4. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints. Notice, Paul started praying for these Colossian believers as soon as he heard of their faith in Christ and of the love they shared toward all believers in Christ. And I want to show you one thing. Ever since I became a part of this ministry, we've been praying for you as a church family. For your faith in Christ. Notice, it's in Christ. You must never forget that. We don't have faith in faith. We have faith in Christ. The only place that faith has any kind of value is if it's placed in Christ. They thank, he thanked God for their faith in Jesus Christ. Thanks God for the love that they express toward one another. Faith and love are two of the primary marks of a mature believer. A true disciple of Jesus Christ. Faith and love. Without these virtues being exercised in your life, in my life, we're not growing towards spiritual maturity. But I thank God for your state as a believer today. Paul thanks God for the vibrant faith of the Colossians, I say. Now the word faith that is used here includes the initial trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ. This faith formed the root that which brought them into a living relationship with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Faith in Christ. In Christ. And I thank God for you as a body of believers who realize and acknowledge the fact that you're not saved by works. You're not saved by baptism. You're not saved by giving. You're not saved by being a good person. You're saved because you place your faith in Jesus Christ. I thank God that you believe that. I want you to understand something about this because this is important for us as believers. Faith in Christ. You see, this term in Christ gives the idea of gripping. Remember in the book of Hebrews, it says we have an anchor. Remember that? And this anchor is Christ. Our faith holds us to the solid rock. One author puts it this way, and I like it. It gives the thought, that is, faith in Christ. It gives the thought of, rel of reliance going forth in Christ and reposing or resting in him. So as to sink, as it were, into him. And find fixture in him as the anchor sinks to the floor of the sea. And then into it that it may be held into it. End of quote. I like that. Because, you know, I don't know too much about boating, although I know some things. But I know about a sand anchor. You take an anchor and you throw it in the sand. And you wonder if it will ever hold. If you have a piece of rock or a coral, of cord, it, we know it holds. But you throw an anchor into the sand. Is it going to hold? 
Well, if you have the proper anchor, as the boat begins to pull, the anchor starts to sink into the sand. Sometimes it grips and then lets go. Sometimes it grips and, and, and as it goes, it gets deeper and deeper. And finally, the boat is held tightly because the anchor has found a resting spot. That's our faith in Christ. And that's what happens as we grow, as our faith. Sometimes it slips. But we continue to have faith in Christ, and it takes a hold again. And then finally, we have that solid assurance that our salvation is secure because we are anchored to Jesus Christ. I thank God that you share that assurance today, that you are anchored in Jesus Christ. Amen? I like that illustration. Faith in Christ. And so I thank God for your faith in Christ. And that's how true faith develops into maturity. As it continually places in Christ on an ongoing daily basis, it's trust. It grows into love that holds us fast in Jesus Christ. I, too, thank God for the vibrancy of your faith as members of the incredible body of Christ here at Calvary Bible Church. The anchor of your faith is holding because it's in Christ. Amen? But Paul also thanks God for the all-embracing love of the Colossians. A love that was being expressed toward all believers in Christ. Not just some. This was an cliquish love. This was an all-embracing love. It took in everybody. All colors, races, economic condition, whatever it is, this love of these folk whose faith was anchored in Christ expressed their love to all of God's people. Now the focus here is on the present outworking of an active faith that resides in Christ and all that he means to believers. In other words, the deeper we get into Christ, the more solid we are in Christ, the more we are going to love others. You want to determine how much you are really in Christ? Look at your love towards your brothers and sisters. If you have hatred for them or any kind of bias or anything for it, you are not really rooted as you should be. Because the more you're rooted in Christ in faith, the more you're going to love all of God's people. It is the fruit, the love, is the fruit and evidence of fellowship with the Lord Jesus and an active faith in his life and his person. As someone has said, quote, a faith that resides in Christ and a love for others are twins that should walk together in life. I thank God that I see those twins around here. Up to this point, I see those twins of faith and love more and more being expressed by members of the incredible body of Christ here at Calvary Bible Church. Your love for one another is being noised abroad from this place. And so I say, praise God. I say, Ebenezer, up to this point, your faith is being shown and demonstrated by your love. I have been impressed by the ministry that so many of God's people are involved in that we never hear about here from this pulpit. People who are going to help the widows, to help the poor, people who are visiting, people who are sending cards, people who are working homes, old people's homes or children's homes, people who are just out there helping. We don't hear about it, but God knows it. 
And I thank God. For me, this is an evidence and expression, the fact that your faith is laying hold and has been demonstrated by the love that you have for one another. I thank God for that. I thank God that my prayer for you, ever since I've been here, has been answered. What is that prayer? I've mentioned it to you time and time again. I said that I want you to be praying for one thing, actually two. That we might be known by our love for God and our love for one another. I thank God that up to this point, that prayer has been answered. Because of your faith being grounded in the person of Christ. But Paul thanks God for a third thing for these believers. And I thank God too for your exuberant hope. This is the third member of the divine triad of a growing church, of a mature church. And this is what he thanks God for on behalf of the Colossian believers. Verse 5, he says, I thank God because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. This Colossian church then manifested three of the greatest virtues of the faith. Faith, hope, and love. They were well on their way towards spiritual maturity. And that's why I rejoice so much when I sat with Val the other day and we talked about Dan. She said Dan was hoping for the Lord to an extreme. <laughs> said he was always talking about it. He said, Pastor Lee, when the announcement was on the TV concerning the homegoing of Dr. Kennedy, said, Dan, as we sat there and tears were going on his eyes. He says, one more is gone. And Val was saying, I wonder if he was wondering, will I be next? Praise God. He was. Dan expressed that vibrant hope of being with his Lord. That hope that all Christians whose faith is embedded in Christ have. They know this life is not it at all. But there's something ahead more wonderful, more beautiful, more extravagant. And that's to be in the presence of our Lord. Hans Gary Hudson expressed that hope. And I thank God that many of you have that same hope within you as well. In this passage, the hope, is, in fact, is the motivating factor in the spiritual welfare of the Colossians. It was that hope that caused them to move out so in greater way to embrace all in love. Because they were looking forward to being with Christ. The word hope is the Greek word elpis. It means a confident expectation or an assured prospect. Their faith in Christ, although an ongoing faith, looks back to the past. Their love for one another, for all the saints, refer to their present state or experience. But their hope, looking forward to that inheritance laid up in heaven, looks towards the future. And so these Colossian believers had a good perspective on their spiritual life. They looked back in the past. Faith. And they said, Ebenezer. They laid a hold of the present where they are. And they said, thank God. And they look forward to the future. And they say again, glory to God. That's where we are today. We are at that point 
Ebenezer, hitherto. But oh, my friends, there's a presence to experience. And that's why I hope today in this week as we celebrate, we might rejoice in the good things that God has done for us. Let us love God and let us love one another. And let us demonstrate that during this week. And let us do with the show expectancy that one day we're going to see the one who loved us and gave himself for us. It's a hope that is laid up in heaven. The Greek word here means to put away or to store. Although it is centered in the person of Jesus himself, the place of storage of our hope is in heaven. It's a place of security and protection where the corruption and sin the present world cannot touch it. Peter talks about this as well. He said that our hope is a living hope. He says that our hope is an imperishable, undefiled one. Unfading. And it's kept by the power of God. That's the hope. And that's the hope that Dansbury Hudson had as well. And we rejoice with him in that today. And so I say to you again, I thank God that up to this point, we can say, Ebenezer, the Lord has helped us to lay hold of this glorious truth. How has he done this? Paul tells us it's through the proclamation of the word. He says, of which you previously heard in word of truth, the gospel. The only way they could have faith in Christ. The only way their love could embrace all of God's people. The only way they could have this sure hope was because they heard the word of God. And there's one thing Calvary Bible Church has been known for, for the time it was, was founded, is that they preached the word of God. It hasn't changed. And so we glory in that fact today. We thank God for that fact, that the word of God is preached from this pulpit. Not the word of man, not philosophy, not psychology, not stories, but the sure word of God. Paul thanked God for the proclamation of the word of God among them. Faith, hope, and love are all the result of, the correct, of their correct response to the truth of the word of God. Notice what he says about the word of God. It's good news. That's what gospel means. The word of God is good news. All of the word of God is the gospel. Why? Because it's the truth. Notice what he says. It's the truth. What a message for the day. You ask students who graduate from college and use university today, they cannot tell you what truth is. Truth, what is that? But the Bible, the word of God, the good news is truth. And that's what's proclaimed from, these pulpit, from this pulpit, from the classrooms in this place, in this ministry, to those songs that are sung. What is proclaimed? The word of God, the good news, because it is truth. It is the truth of God. It will never change. So no matter how we live in the postmodern world, the Bible, God's truth, never changes. It's always the same. The gospel is made available to all. But it only bears fruit in the lives of those who receive it as God's word to them as his truth. Notice verse 6, which has come to you. The word of God, the truth, the good news has come to you. And beloved, you need to thank God for that fact that the word of God came to you. First, through Pastor Erlwish and then all of the others that God has brought here. Thank God that the word of truth, the good news came to you. You must not forget it. You must not. It's local. You've experienced it. 
But it says also that it is it, it just as in all the world. The gospel is not only local. The gospel is universal. It goes to all. And that's another thing we need to thank God for here at Calvary Bible Church. Through this church, through its missions program, the word of God has sounded forth to the ends of the earth. The word of God to individuals who have gone. Hansbury and David's sister will be here this week, Lord willing. And she was one of the first missionaries that was commissioned by this church. You need to thank God for that fact. You see, the gospel has local impact. It has universal impact, but it must be believed and lived out to have the effect that God wants it to have in our lives. And I thank God that I see that happening here at Calvary Bible Church. Paul says that it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing. In other words, the gospel produces increasing fruit, even as it has been doing in you since the day you heard of it and you understood it. And that's what's happening. That's why the growth is coming. Because the word of God is being constantly preached and taught in this ministry, from this pulpit, from the classrooms. And as a result of that, your faith is increasing. As a result of that, your love is expanding. As a result of that, your hope, your blessed hope is being experienced in a greater way. I thank God for that up to this point. But the gospel is also the grace of God and truth. It's a message of grace. It's a message of truth. I thank God for that. Notice, they heard the word and they accepted the word for what it is. The grace of God in truth. It was God's good news to them. A divine principle is seen here that we must not overlook. The word of God continually bears fruit in the lives of those who hear it and accept it for what it is. A true manifestation of God's grace. And as Paul says in another passage, it is the word of God and not the word of man. You must always accept this message as the word of God and not the word of man. And I thank God that's what you're doing. If ever I proclaim or preach anything that seems a little bit off, I hear from it. And I thank God for that. Because the only thing that God has promised to bless is his word. Not what I say about his word. So always pray, beloved, that it's the word of God and not the word of man that is proclaimed from this pulpit. That's what we proclaim here. This was always been proclaimed from this pulpit. The word of God. Your belief in this word that leads to the practice and living out of the word, the gospel, is why I can thank God that up to this point, the word of God is increasingly abundant fruit in your lives. And so I say, Ebenezer, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. Let us rejoice and be glad during this week. Let us thank God for his faithfulness toward all of us for these past 45 years. Let's thank God for what he has done up to this point. Selah. Think and act on these things.
going to uh, go to the auditorium now for our luncheon. Uh, let me have just a word of prayer, a benediction, and thank him for the food, and then I will give the instructions as to how we would like for you to leave. Father, thank you again for your blessings upon this ministry here at the Calvary Bible Church for the past 45 years. Truly, we can say that up to this point, you've helped us. You, the one who's really done the work, and we thank God for that. We thank God for the remembrance of every milestone, everyone who's made some real significant contribution to this ministry. We thank you for them. We ask your blessing upon all those who are here and who are members of this incredible body here at Calvary. Continue to work in and through their lives for your glory. And Father, so that truly we might be known for our love for God and our love for you. And Calvary Bible Church would be recognized as a body of believers who glorify God in all that they do. And now we thank you for the food that you have so abundantly blessed us with that we will be enjoying in just a few moments. We ask your blessing upon it. Cause it to do good for our bodies, strengthening us so that we might better glorify you in our lives. Thank you for all of those who've been so involved and so zealous in putting it all together today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.